Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's Face to Conquer Fear radio show is sponsored by District 40 Toastmasters. Hi, this is Karen Isaacs with Toastmasters International. I would like to cordially invite you to the District 40 Spring Conference, April 17th through the 19th at the Cincinnati Marriott Northeast in Mason, Ohio. Activities include exceptional keynote speakers, communication and leadership educational sessions, award recipient Kim Nuxel, and two dynamic speech contests. For more information, please refer to our website, d40toastmasters.org. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Face to Conquer Fear radio show hosted by me, Christy Demetrius, the Empowered Speaker. I'm the president and founder of the Empowered Speaker, which is a faith-based global ministry that teaches people the power of dreams and the importance of faith in conquering the fears that limit us. I'm also the author of Face to Conquer Fear, Inspiration to Achieve Your Dreams. You can find out more about my services and my book at www.empoweredspeaker.com. For those of you who may be listening to the Face of Conspiracy Radio Show for the first time, here's what you can expect. This show will provide guests who will motivate you, inspire you, and give you tools to activate your goals and dreams, whether those dreams are entrepreneurial, corporate, or personal. And today I have a special guest to help me do just that, Pastor Eric Petrie of CityGate Church. And let me tell you a little bit about Pastor Eric. Pastor Eric is a native of Cincinnati, Ohio, and the pastor of City Gate Church in Cincinnati, formerly known as Town Worship Center. The son of Leon Petrie, a highly respected evangelist and the founder of Town Worship Center, attended Rod Parsley's World Harvest Bible College in Columbus, Ohio. After graduation, Pastor Eric felt the call of God to return to his hometown after graduation to serve as the associate pastor at the church he grew up in. He and his wife, Kimberly, were installed as senior pastors of the Town Worship Center in October 2007. Since becoming pastor, the church has doubled in size each year. The past six solid years of of abundant growth have literally exploded the ministry past the four walls of its physical structure. In 2011, CityGate Church transitioned from its main sanctuary of 40-plus years to its multi-purpose building so it could accommodate its harvest. When Pastor Eric published his book, Final Destination, in September 2012, it was the equivalent of planting a spiritual seed. As a result, in September 2013, Pastors Eric and Kimberly recognized CityGate's need for even more space to receive an increased harvest. In March 2014, CityGate Church launched a satellite campus north of Cincinnati city limits in Westchester, Ohio. Without doubt, Pastor Eric's vision encompasses the entire geography of of Greater Cincinnati. Outreach is at the core of Pastor Eric's vision, and under his infectious leadership, CityGate Church has permanently affected the city of Cincinnati through its authentic outreach and evangelical approach to unapologetically sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pastor Eric's online ministry reaches past the city of Cincinnati and flows into third world countries around the globe. Pastor Eric is the honored husband of a fearless wife, a proud father of an incredibly talented daughter, a passionate and compelling preacher, and a willing shepherd who faithfully guides God's feet. 
Pastor Eric Petrie. Welcome to the Faith of Carcassier Radio Show. Christy, thank you for having me today. I'm very happy to be here. You are so welcome, and I'm so glad we could coordinate our schedules to get you on here. I am so honored. I'm a little bit nervous, actually, I must say. <laughs> and I well, think be because I'm with you every Sunday and every Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited about this, and I'm excited about what you have coming up with the uh, uh, Faith to Conquer Fear Conference. Just excited to be a part of it. I'm so glad you are, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later in our program, but I want to start, I always start when I have guests on on the radio show. Tell us something about you that was not in the bio that I did. Well, I'll tell you a couple things. Um, two, I'll tell you two unimportant things and then something that I feel is really important. Uh, the okay. first two things is I love dogs. I have a Weimaraner, and he is, I just love him, best friend, and uh, I love training dogs, believe it or not. And then another thing I enjoy is riding roller coasters. So put me on the biggest, the fastest, the tallest, <laughs> I'm ready to go. But those are the two unimportant things. The, probably something that's really important that's not in the bio is that my dad, uh, the church that I now pastor, he pastored for 40 years. He came to the city of Cincinnati in 1967, and it was the only church he ever pastored. We started down on 15th and Ray Street. And um, he, the church grew from there. They launched out um, to Town Street, built a building on Town Street. And after 40 years of ministry, he retired. And uh, that's when my wife and I were installed as the pastors of CityGate. Now, did you always know growing up, because obviously he started pastoring before you were born. You're still <clears throat> much younger than I am. But did you know as a child that you would grow up to be a pastor? Well, to be honest with you, I wanted to be a music leader. Um, I love praise and worship. That's my heart. Um, that's a huge part of who I am. And when I went to Bible college, that's when I first felt the call to ministry. And I was really involved in the music program at the Bible college. I was leading worship and uh, directing worship. And then I began to felt, feel God tug on my heart that I was called to preach. And I can remember having a conversation with my dad. And I can still go back to my first message that I preached, and I just knew at that moment that God was leading me in a different direction. But what I'm thankful for is I never lost my heart for praise and worship. Mm -hmm. And I think you see that come through at CityGate Church is that we put a major emphasis on our praise and worship, and I think that's a lot of my heart coming through in the service is that this is a big part of who I am. If I wouldn't have been the pastor... I'd have probably been the praise and worship leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you do a little bit of that every now and then when you get up there. Yeah, every now and then. <laughs> every now and then. <laughs> and you do it well, I might add. Although we yeah, do have a you. wonderful <laughs> worship leader at City Day. We have a wonderful worship leader who also grew up in the church. Blake Mason. Yeah, right? and what's really cool about Blake is that Blake is actually my nephew. And when he first started getting involved in music, he played the drums. And if you've seen Blake lead worship, the guy is just full of excitement. He's passionate about what he does. Mm -hmm. And um, he started playing the drums, did very good, but then he wanted to start singing. So we brought a microphone over to the drums, and he would play the drums and sing from the drums. Well, 
he started getting so into the worship that he would stand up, play the drums, and sing at the same time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, I and I fi- yeah, yeah. And so I finally went to him. I said, Blake, you got to get out from behind the drums. And I said, get your guitar, come out front, start leading from the front, and the rest is history. I'm trying to imagine your childhood growing up because, again, I've been at Pretty Gay Church since, I think, June of last year. So we're coming up on a year. Wow, fast year. So we're coming <laughs> up on a year. And isn't it amazing how fast it goes? But um, I'm trying to think about your childhood, and I know that several people that I see in the church, even within the year I've been there, there's Matt Wiley who plays the drums, there's Blake. Um, I know there's Brandy. There's lots of people from your family who have grown up in that church and, and have stayed, that's the first thing, who have stayed, but was your was your lifestyle growing up pretty much all around the church? I mean, everything you did, every activity was, was church. How, how would you, what would you attribute the fact that so much of your family, I know you had a sister who passed away who was also yeah. a minister. How would you attribute all of that to, to your lifestyle growing up? Well, as a kid growing up, and I, I can say this about my childhood, I was blessed with a great childhood, great um, childhood memories, and church was a major part of our life. I, I think it kind of it kind of makes me laugh. Some of the people who say, "Well, I don't have time for Sunday." When I was a kid growing up, you had choir practice on Tuesday night, church on Wednesday night, prayer meeting Thursday night, church again on Saturday night, and then Sunday morning, Sunday night. Church was your life. That's all you did. You everything you did was centered around the church. And one thing my parents were very good at is church was never a burden. Now, for me as a kid, I have to say church was never a choice. My parents didn't give me a choice, and I can still remember being over my friend's house on a Sunday night, watching, getting ready to watch the kickoff of the Super Bowl, 1988 Super Bowl, the Bengals were in it. And I so wanted to see the Super Bowl. My parents said, absolutely not. We've got church. Church wasn't a choice to us, but they didn't make it a a burden. They didn't make it something that we didn't want to go to. We loved church. We loved the people at the church. And we saw, I know for myself personally, I saw how my dad loved the church and loved the people of the church. And that just kind of filtered through to me. And I guess I inherited that love, you could say, for the people. And we've got people in the church right now that were there before my dad even came to the church. So if you think about that, 2007, my dad had been pastoring 40 years. So now we're eight years past that. We have people who have been in the church longer than that. And they're still there because I think that's one of the big benefits of City Gate Churches. We've never lost, even though God has blessed us and we have grown extensively, We've never lost that family feel. It's a very close feel at City Gate Church, and I think that just comes through the, the way I was raised. We love the church and the people of the church. And I, I would agree with that, and I can personally attest to that. That's one of the things. When I came on a Wednesday night, it was the first time I came a year ago, obviously, about a year ago. And I came by myself. My family didn't come with me that night because I was coming from work. And I said, you know what, I'm going. I, there were some people from that were attending your church already, some that I worked with at Procter & Gamble, who kept budgeting me. Oh, my God. Christy, you got to come to my church. Christy, you got to come to my church. I'm, I have my own church. I'm not coming to your church. I have time to come to your church. I got things in my own church. 
And and out Tom Rubinaki, that's who it was. Man used to bug me to death. Yeah. You got this going on. He'd show me this, he'd send me links, and I never did come. And then finally I said, you know what, I'm gonna go try this place. And I, I called my husband literally from the parking lot right after service and I said, I'm not going back where we were. Uh this might not be the place, but it feels real good. And so, um, and we never went anywhere else. I literally, he, I think he came, he and the family came the next Sunday. My kids um, are very astute and very discerning. And when they say that place is good or place is bad, the place is good or the place is bad. I mean, we've, we've, we've moved enough as a family. We've had enough experiences with different churches and different states and different types of churches that they know what's good. They know what's authentic and what's not authentic. And right. we went that first Sunday, and I asked Colin specifically, I said, Colin, what do you think of the church? He said, this is our church. Wow. And I said, okay, there you have it. And, I, and, wow. and it was. And, and that's where we've been. And I will tell you that we have been so embraced um, at the church. And so everything you're saying, I understand why people come, and I understand why people stay, and I understand why people have been there forever. It's, it's very easy <laughs> Very easy to see. So that's just a personal testimonial to, to, to <laughs> describe. But hey, here's what I, here's a question for you. When you think about your father had the church for forty years, you got the call from God. He says, "Okay, I'm going to do this. You should do this." How much pressure did you feel following in your father's footsteps? Did you consider even following following your father's footsteps? Because the other piece of this two part question. Second piece of this is so footsteps is the first one. Second piece is your style, and I've only seen your father preach twice, I think. But your yeah. style is so very different than your father's. What have you, did you purposely decide, okay, I'm going to respect my father, but I'm going to do things a very different way? Or how did, how did you come into your own, I guess is the question. Well, my dad, my dad's style is very different. He was cut from a, a different cloth than I was. Um, he is part of a generation that I'm sad to say is dying out. We there's not many of my dad left um, that comes from that old school Pentecostal just preach the word and and just w- without deviating from the word, just going to preach the word through the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, there's not many of them around anymore. When I became the pastor, to be honest with you, the pressure didn't hit me until the the service where I was installed as pastor. I think it was October 28, 2007. And my dad, and I didn't even know he was going to do this, he stepped out, he got a bowl and a pitcher of water, took my shoes off, and he washed my feet. And after he did that, he put the mantle around my neck. And I'll never forget when he put the mantle around my neck, I literally felt like somebody put 2,000 pounds on my shoulder. It, you, you can't explain it, but you could actually feel physical weight on your shoulders that now I am the shepherd of this flock. God has mm-hmm. entrusted me with this flock, and I'll never forget that pressure. And I'm thankful that God has always anointed me equal to the burden. So whatever the challenge was, God has always given me anointing to carry that burden, to to handle that challenge. And when it comes to style, I remember the first year, I heard this was great wisdom. 
I heard that if you ever follow a seasoned minister, somebody who has been at that church, at that location for a long time, and imagine 40 years, you've lived through generations in 40 years. And so he says, find the key that he sings in. And what that means is literally, find his style of preaching. Don't come in and just try and do it your own way and be radically different because the people reject that. They've heard this tune for so long that they're used to it. So find his tune, find his key, and try and preach in that key, preaching his flow, preaching his style, preaching his delivery. And we did that for about the first year. And after the first year, that's when we began to branch out and I started becoming my own man because it takes about a year, two years before people even trust you. What are you going to do? Do you have the wisdom your father had? Do you have the ability your father had? So once they began to trust me, that's when I was able to begin to branch out and become my own man. And my style is is different, but I'm thankful that God has enabled us to keep one hand on our roots and the other hand reaching forward to the next generation and what God is doing in this coming generation, and we've been able to pull them together. That's it. That's it. One of the things we hear every Sunday or every Wednesday is that CityGate Church is the most exciting church in Cincinnati. What do you think makes it so exciting? Well, and, and Christy, I'll tell you something that God's been dealing with me about is actually that statement. That statement came out around 2010. Mm-hmm. And in 2010, God began to give me some illustrated messages that were very out of the box, very creative. I, I remember the first one, uh, one of the big ones, rather, of 2010 was Summer at the Beach. And this was a, an illustrated series in the month of July where we literally turned the stage into a beach. And I know it sounds radical if you're just hearing it. But you had to see it, and all of the messages related to something that you would see on the beach. I preached on the lifeguard. I preached on, I used, I did a message using beach balls. I preached on going deep, and I came out fully covered in snorkel gear, ready to go, you know, going deep. And from that, the saying began to come out, wow, we've never seen a church this exciting. And that's when we picked up most exciting church in Cincinnati. And we we were ready to back that up. We believe that when you come to CityGate, the worship is going to be the most exciting worship you've ever experienced. Uh, the message is going to be exciting. Your whole church experience is going to be exciting. But this past year, God began to deal with me about that statement, the most exciting church. And what God began to deal with me was, if you're not careful, you can raise up a culture of competition by saying, we're the most, so we're better than you. Mm. And I begin to think about, you know, if a church is preaching Jesus Christ, him crucified, raised from the dead, and people's lives are being changed, that's pretty exciting. Heaven gets excited about that. And I went to our staff and I said, you know what, guys, this, this I understand the meaning and, and uh, the thought behind most exciting church, but this year... We're doing away with that because by saying that we're creating a culture of competition within our own church, within our community, within our city, we're not going to go around and say our church is better than your church because I preach with illustrations or because our praise and worship leader jumps around in a lot and we have, we have flashing lights. That doesn't make us better than anybody. So I said, we're going to do away with that. And I'll tell you what 
our new slogan is, our, our new saying, it's our vision. We're stronger together. And that's what I feel that God has called CityGate. We are stronger together. We're stronger together. When, when marriages come together, we're stronger together. When we can bring families together, we're stronger together. And probably one of the greatest things, when we can bring churches together, and we've seen God do that this year, connect us with other churches in the city who are different than us. They worship different than us. The preaching style is different than my preaching style. But we know that if we come together, we're stronger together. And I think that's what God wants to see in these last days, especially the times we're living in. It's not the church is finding more to divide themselves, but more to bring themselves together. We are stronger together. And that's CityGate's motto going forward. Love it. Love it. What do you have a passion for? What, what, what do you have a heart for? If you could pick one thing and say, this, this is what I, I, I'm passionate about, what is it? <laughs> well, you know, I looked at the uh, story of Jonah, and I was help. I have a, a men's small group, and I wanted them to understand what it means to be called. If you, if you have a calling, and a lot of people think, well, if you're a preacher, you've got a call. Or if you work in the music, you've got a call. Well, the truth is, I believe God has given everybody a call to do something. And I broke down the word call very simply. First off, the letter C, what are you convicted about? What grips your heart? Uh, the letter A, what are you anointed for? What has God empowered you to do? The letter L, what do you love? What do you get excited about? You just love it. When you get to do it, you love it. And finally, the last L, what are you willing to give your life for? Now, I know my calling is for the church, to be a good shepherd to God's sheep. But one of the things that convicts me, this is something that grips my heart, is seeing people that are bound by the spirit of religion, religious tradition, man-made religious tradition. And I see churches dying because they're following man-made religious tradition. They're, they're not relevant to the time they're living in. They're not reaching new people. They're, they're stuck in a rut, stuck in their ways. And that's something I feel called to do is show pastors that you're not compromising your values. You're not compromising your standards by going in a new direction or even trying something new. God is a creative God, and he is moving forward. And a lot of times we get stuck at our first revelation of Christ. So when we got saved or when God did something great, we get stuck in that era. We've seen people, they're stuck in the 1980s. They can't get out of the 80s. Same thing happens in churches. Something great happens in a church, well, that church just stops in that era. And the problem is God has moved on. He's way down the road, and we're still stuck here waiting, and we're wondering, how come God's not moving? We're doing Everything we've always done. He moved this way 10 years ago. Why isn't he moving today? Because God's not there anymore. He's doing the old thing in a new way. And we're to follow God. God doesn't follow us. We follow God. I love it. I love it. Well, okay, that's good. And we could talk for about two more hours. <laughs> but I want to shift gears because you are my keynote speaker at the upcoming Basic Atmosphere Conference on Saturday, April the 25th at Indiana Wesleyan University in Florence, Kentucky. And as you know, this is my third year doing this conference, and this conference was yes. created based on my book, Basic Atmosphere Inspiration to Achieve Your Dreams. And I think uh, I always tell people, this, people always ask you, why do you write a book? 
why'd you write this book, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure you get the same questions because you've written a book as well. But uh, when I wrote that book, Face the Kind of Fear, I realized after I wrote it that really I just wrote it for myself. <laughs> it was a very expensive yeah. lesson to myself <laughs> of, of overcoming fears and conquering fears. And one of the one of the fears I had and didn't know I had really until I planned my first conference was that I had a fear of rejection. When I wrote the book, people who read it said, Christy, I'm inspired. Now what do I do? Because the book is inspiration. There's no action, no work plan, no here's what you do next behind it. But God had given me a vision when the book was published that I should do a conference point workshop. And for two years, I didn't do it because I had this fear that nobody would come. Wow. And I didn't realize that it was based on something that happened to me when I was 16 years old. And I had forgotten about it, completely forgotten about it. And um, so, you know, once I got through that first conference and I realized, okay, I, I actually overcame that fear. People showed up. <laughs> they loved it. <laughs> you know, all those things that you're hopeful when you host, you host an event. And so I've done it a couple of years since then, and, and then this one is coming up. So I'm so excited to have you as my keynote speaker uh, for this conference. And what this particular conference will, will focus on is really taking people from their, from their beginning to their future. And... So if you think about the flow of what the day will look like, you know, the first portion of the day will really be spent with people reflecting, self-reflection, which most of us never take the time to do or don't want to do because, you know, you kind of want things to be in the past and you don't want to think about them anymore. Right, <laughs> um, right. we got past that, let's, let's not think about it anymore. But it is so important to understand your history, to understand how you got to your current reality. You have to acknowledge what are all those things that have happened in my past, highs, lows, whatever, that have brought me to the place that I am right now. We'll then talk about, because the conference is Face the Conscious Fear, it all starts with the mind. And I know you know this because you've been preaching on this a lot, is the power of the mind in getting you, either keeping you stuck where you are or taking you to the next phase. Right. Achieving that vision that you want. And then you're going to come in in the afternoon and talk about Fear to Bear, which was my favorite, favorite sermon <laughs> series that you have Thank done you. at City Gate Church. Oh, my God, it was awesome. <laughs> but you're going to talk about it, and you're going to give us a very, very condensed, condensed version, but it's still going to be powerful, I know. So what? So based on what we're going to do that morning, your theater there really kind of takes people to that next level. What, give us a little bit, little bit, just a little bit of what people can expect from your portion of the conference. Sure. Uh, Napoleon Bonaparte said it like this, leaders are dealers in hope. As a leader, it is my job, my calling to give people hope. And so in one of the, one of the questions that I ask in this message is this, what would you accomplish if you had unlimited funds, unlimited creative ideas, and unlimited resources. And I just think about that question for a moment because that is a powerful question. What would you accomplish if you had unlimited funds, unlimited creative ideas, and unlimited resources? And I like for people to just not answer that quickly, but just think about it because that, that question is so powerful and, and it can go so far. Just what would you do? What would you accomplish? And here's what people need to realize. Your current present was once your past future. Your current present was once your past future. 
And if your future is being defeated or if you're feeling defeated in your present, it's the little things in your past, little things that you're doing right now that are defeating your future. And this is where I begin to talk about here to there because I would go to conferences. I've heard Miles Monroe speak on several occasions, and he's always talking about vision, talking about purpose. And I would leave these conferences because all the speakers would say, get a vision. You need a vision. Mm -hmm. If you want to change what you're doing right now, get a vision. That's, that's all you're missing. You need a vision for your church. You need a vision for your family. You need a vision for your marriage, a vision for your life, a vision for your business. And I would walk out more frustrated than when I went in because I didn't understand how do I get the vision. You're telling me the power of a vision. You're telling me what the vision is going to do for me, but nobody would explain how do I get the vision. And that's when God began to show me here to there. And I draw this on a board that if you're here and you can draw a line to a different location and write there, well, from here to there, that there is your vision. And a vision is a picture of the future that creates a passion in pe people. So when you can identify you're there, when you can see you're there, well, it creates a passion on the inside of you because it's a picture of your future, and that's what people are missing. They don't have a picture of their future. Where do you want to be? And I'm not talking five years from now. I'm talking tomorrow, next week. Where do you want to be? What do you want to accomplish? Even if it's a small step, and I think this is where people miss it because we hear all the time, get a big vision, and that's great. Mm -hmm. You should have a big vision. God's a big God, and he wants you to dream big dreams. But have some small visions, too. What is a little step you can take? Because every little step is going to create excitement on the inside of you that if I did that, I can take this next step as well. And begin to identify some there's in your life that you're moving from here to there. John Maxwell said it like this. Where there's faith in the future, there's hope in the present. And if you have faith for a better future, it's going to give you hope no matter what what you're in right now, what you're struggling with, what you're dealing with right now in your present, if you can just get faith for a future, it's going to give you hope in your present. I was talking with a lady who had just went through a, a very bad divorce, and she had a, a, young, a young girl was part of this divorce. She was around five years old. Very difficult for this lady what she had gone through. And she was talking to me, and she was saying, I just, I don't know how I'm ever going to get over this. And I begin to show her that if you can just identify a there in your life, that maybe it's you're going to do this or you're going to take this step or you're going to have one day where you're happy. That's a vision. And it gives you hope in your present that the future is going to be better than what you're dealing with right now. So where there's faith in the future, there's hope in the present. And what you see there will determine whether or not you leave here. If you don't see something better in your there than you see in your here, you're never going to leave here. And this is how people get stuck in their here's, is they can't see anything better for their future. But if you can just get one thing, small or big, that is better about your future, it'll create a passion in you that you'll leave here to go to there. And I also say this, how you get there will determine how long you stay there. There are no shortcuts to there. 
There are no quick fixes to get from here to there. You must go through the process to get from here to there. And if you try to cheat the system or beat the system to get from here to there, you, aren't, you won't stay there very long, and it will bring you back here. This will make a lot more sense when I begin to talk about it in the conference, and, and I'm so excited that you've given me this opportunity to share this with people. And if you're listening right now, I hope you're making plans to be at this conference. It, it, just to hear this message, I believe it is life-changing, and I believe it's going to change your life. Invest in you. This could be the one move that you make that moves you from here to there. And when you make that move, who knows where the next there is going to be? Because here's what's exciting. The moment you go from here to there, there becomes your here. And God gives you a new there. And that's how we move from glory to glory. We keep moving higher and we keep advancing forward. If you're a business owner, if you're a husband or a wife, if you have a family, if you're in a marriage, if you're a pastor, a leader of any kind, or if you believe God has called you to be a leader, you need to be here because I believe God's going to give you one word, maybe just a moment of vision and inspiration that's going to lead you there. Awesome. And with that, people, now you understand why that is my favorite sermon. <laughs> you, you don't want to miss it. You do not want to miss it. And on that note, Pastor, as I knew it would be, we are out of time. But wow. you, you ended it perfectly, but I want to give you one more opportunity if you have anything else you want to say to folks, whether it's about church or how to find you, whatever you want to say. Give you another minute or so to, to let them know. Well, let me just share this with anybody that's listening. If you're in a struggle right now, maybe you're in a struggle with your business, marriage, you just you feel pressured, you feel... You're just in this constant fight. The struggle is just a sign that you are closer to seeing your vision come to pass than you've ever been in your life. There's always a struggle as you're trying to leave here to get to there. The enemy's going to fight you. There's all, all kinds of pressures going to come against you. But that struggle is your sign that something big is on the way. God is getting ready to elevate you and you're getting ready to take a step that is going to change your life. So don't give up in the struggle. The Bible tells us, don't be weary in doing well, for in due season you will reap if you do not faint. This is not your time to faint. This is your time to move from here to there. Christy, thank you so much. It's, this has been a huge honor for me, and I just am so appreciative to you and to your audience for giving me this time to speak into their lives. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pastor P3. Um, I'm, I am the one who is on it, so thank you. And I want to thank you all for listening to the Face of Consciousness Radio Show with me, Christy Demetrius. And as we've just been talking, don't miss the third annual Face of Consciousness. It all starts with the Mind Conference. It's being held Saturday, April the 25th, at Indiana Western University in Florence, Kentucky. If you have ever felt stuck and wondered why you are not further in your life as you thought you should be, or if you're still trying to solidify that vision for your life and you need to attend this conference, visit www.empoweredthinker.com slash space to conquer fear backslash for more information and to register. I also invite you to follow me in the show on Blog Talk Radio to get news and reminders for upcoming shows. I'd also like you to connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at Demetrius, and I have two Facebook pages, Space to Conquer Fear and the Empowered Speaker. This will allow you to keep up with all the news and events to inspire you to keep it moving. 
I'm doing what I love. Talk to you soon.